for good grades. I wish I was better at relationships. I wish I was an artist. I wish I had a better relationship with my wife. I wish for a life full of happiness. I wish I may. I wish I might. Have to wish. Hi there. Happy Monday. You're listening to Beyond Wishful Thinking with Sherry. Welcome. You can find all of the information at the bottom of the screen about the booklet that I've put together, ways that you can reach out, get in touch and let me know what you'd like to speak about or if you'd like to take what you hear here any further. Today's topic is um, what is holding space? I came across a question while I was looking around online today for inspiration and the question was, what is holding space? What does that mean? Could someone explain that to me? And so I wrote um, to that person and stated that I felt that um, holding space is just being there for someone, but not to be noticed, not to be seen by others for being there. Uh, the person that you're there might not even be aware of what you're doing for them initially because they're so caught up in what they're doing. So and then I said, if you could imagine a crumbling situation, so I'm picturing large and small stones rolling down a hill. Uh, maybe there was a bit of a barrier and it broke away. And then someone or something puts something else there. And those stones and rocks, they start to build up against that. And it would potentially stop a landslide or stop this wall from disappearing. And so in the process of coming up with those thoughts, I decided to look around and sort of see if, I had any validity in what I thought holding space was. And um, it, it, it is simply that ability to be in situations with people, be non-judgmental, and um, be able to contain an emotion or a series of emotions that someone may feel that they're out of control with. So um, there's a site, Good Therapy. I took a look at some of what they had to say, and they have... Um, basically headings initially that I thought were interesting. And so they say to practice loving kindness, use deep listening, have unconditional positive regard, sit with what is, allow the other person to feel what they're feeling, re remembering to breathe for you and for them, uh, maybe practice some groundedness, being present with yourself while you're holding space for someone so that you don't become over um, enveloped. Uh, don't try and over be bigger than them or say that their situation isn't as bad as another one that you've heard about, that kind of a thing. Uh, Non-judgment, don't try to fix anything. So this is not a lot of new. Uh, we've all heard these kinds of things when we think about relationships that we don't want someone to fix things for us necessarily. We just want to be heard. So there is a sense of that. Um, the other thing that I thought was interesting too, is the idea of unconditional listening. And so today with cell phones and all of that, I know that it's really hard sometimes to penetrate through what's in front of people. And we often can hear comments and statements that, um, I don't know if I'm being listened to. And so, um, maybe that's why the term holding space has become much more, um, aware to people in what they're coming across when they're looking for help with relationships and um, 
maybe with their families and their children. And they're wondering, what does that actually mean? Uh, so one of the things that, um, I, I, well, I came across, uh, what does it actually mean? And a person used a story to define it that when they were really freaking out about something, they went to their friend's house and they let it all out. And the friend was able to just listen and just be there. And so that's the, the terminology of holding the space. It's a concept that's hard to define using the exact same words to define it, but um, it, it's just non-judgmental, safe, no self-importance connected to the person who's offering to hold the space. I know I've had um, a couple clients in my coaching practice that their overwhelm was so great that they weren't ready to fix anything. It was all about letting out the grief or the overwhelm. One particular person I felt was so strong because they were trying to remain strong for the people in their personal life, that coaching was a spot for them to allow themselves to let it out. And that person felt so badly from time to time because she felt that I maybe thought I was going to give her tools. And I remember just saying, I'm just here for whatever you need. And if this is a safe place for you to let out those feelings without feeling judgment or a need to change anything, then that's what I'm here for. So that is really what holding space is about. But I think what was really interesting in the things that I took a look at is learning to hold space for ourselves too. Um, so there, there will be times in life where we're grateful to have other people to hold space for us, but we also want to understand how to be able to ground ourselves and be in a situation where if life is overwhelming and there isn't someone to help that we could learn to do it for ourselves. Um, and so we can be the most judgmental about ourselves. And I think that's because we line ourselves up with maybe the things around us that we we see and hear and believe that what makes a good parent is fill in the blank. What makes a good spouse is fill in the blank. And maybe that isn't what makes that for you. And so then there's this dichotomy of trying to believe that there's a place we need to get to and yet where we're at we're okay with, but the caught in the middle part is what causes us the overwhelm. Um, so we need to understand, um, the components of self-compassion, self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. So, um, Kristen Neff, um, a psychologist defines self-kindness as being warm and understanding toward ourselves when we suffer, uh, fail or feel inadequate. So instead of ignoring our pain or hurting ourselves with self-criticism, we mm -hmm. want to uh, have self-kindness, which involves being gentle with ourselves when we encounter a painful experience. And I think, like I said, we're harder on ourselves because we have outside modalities that we're using to judge ourselves. So common humanity, I learned this when I was taking my coaching schooling and I absolutely love this idea that we as people need to remind ourselves that we are not the only one who suffers like this, with this. When we think of common humanity, there is someone else in the world 
who also feels the pain that we are feeling. So it mightn't be the people around us and they might not be able to enter into that with us. But I know one of the circle um, classes that I did that I really enjoyed was at the end of it, we were to imagine other people in the world who have lost a child or who have been through a breakup in the, the way that we have and imagine their healing is a part of our healing or that that they there is someone else who would understand how we're feeling. And so that's common humanity is a reminder that we all suffer. We are all mortal. We are all vulnerable and imperfect. So this suffering is part of a shared human experience. That's good wording. Realizing that can help us feel less isolated and more connected with that space. Mindfulness is taking a balanced approach to our challenging emotions so that feelings are neither suppressed or exaggerated. And that's key too, right? Instead of over-identifying with our thoughts and feelings, mindfulness is a willingness to observe our negative thoughts and emotions with openness. Clarity, equanimity in a non-judgmental way, becoming aware of our inner experience as it is without trying to suppress it or deny it. I think that's something I was born with, the ability to look inward and take a look at my feelings and ask questions. I have had to learn a lot over the years how to deal with emotions because there was no guidance a good chunk of the time for me. Or if there was guidance, it was different from the guidance I'd had just previous because I moved so much and my caregivers were so varied. And so learning how to look inward and ask, why am I feeling like this? And sometimes we're feeling like that, like I've said in other podcasts, simply because of being too hungry or not enough sleep, those kinds of things. But it's also much greater too. I'm not trying to minimize that. We cannot ignore our pain and feel compassion at the same time. So this means that the more you can hold space for yourself, the more you can hold space for others. And in that space, we all experience what it means means to feel unconditional love. So when you feel loved, you're able to give your own experience, you're able to give to it and be who you are. There's a calmness and a clarity and an ability to love the world as it is. So true power comes from being able to unconditionally love all of our thoughts, words, and actions. We are bringing more of that ability then as love into the world when we, when we can connect with other people. So another thing to keep in mind, we have, I believe it's 60,000 thoughts. I think it's more than that. I should have looked that up per day. Our brain is meant to create thought. And so all of the thoughts that we have go racing through our brain and it's what we act on. And sometimes I think our thoughts can shock us. There can be a sense of, oh my goodness, why did I think that? What does that mean? How come I thought like that? And really all it means is that it's a thought and we can give to it or we can take, get, get rid of it. And so that's kind of, um, what it means to be mindful, to wonder where did that come from? Was it part of a conversation I had? Was it part of a dream I had? You know, that feeling when you're walking through your day and something happens, you're like, oh, I dreamt about that. Our brains 
store all that information. Sometimes our dreams are fun to pick through because they're about what we thought about the hour before we went to bed, or they're amalgamations of all of the things that happened to us in a day. And our subconscious is kind of filtering through that and putting it somewhere in our brain. So the other thing that I came across was a, an um, article from another site called Good Therapy. And I really liked what they had to say about sitting with what is. And I've seen some quotes on the different social media platforms and they'll say, sit with this. And it almost makes you feel like, ooh, almost like a punishment, like, you know, sit down and think about what you did. And sometimes it can be a good sort of feeling to be told that. But I like, um, it says that this is arguably the most difficult of the essential elements for those in Western culture. Sitting with what is means simply being with the person for whom you're holding space. Do not try to change anything. Resist the urge to do anything. You're only creating a safe space for the other person to express and feel their feelings. Sit with them in the hard stuff. So if someone is not able to control an emotion or it becomes so much that it overwhelms them. Just having someone there to say, tell me about it. The freedom to get it out of their body, to say the words. Sometimes once the words have been said, there can be an awareness in their own space because they've made room for it. So it isn't our job to help them figure it out. It's just our job to hear it and ask them if now that they've heard it, is there something different that they'd like to, to sort of uh, bring to it? Holding space for someone in deep pain can bring up your own pain. And holding space for another requires that you have a clear intention that although you're in trenches with them, you are only holding their hand. You are not stealing their hardship to make it their own. And I have been on the recipient end of this kind of a thing. And it's not a good feeling to feel like someone wants to hear what's wrong. And then they one up, so to speak, your situation. It doesn't leave you feeling like what happened to you is valid. And in order to be able to move through, we need to feel valid. I think something that happens with anyone who is a victim of a crime or um, of abuse is that so often that is done in private and there is no validation for the person that it was done to if it hasn't been solved, if the criminal isn't caught or the abuse isn't brought to the forefront. And so people could look at another person's life and have all kinds of judgment against what they think that person's issues are, but they don't understand that they weren't valid at some point possibly in their life. And that invalid feeling leaves them struggling to know how to be. And so when we want to hold space for someone, we need to do it non-judgmentally. We need to do it to not share our pain or to, heal our own selves in the moment that we're sitting with them we need to so our pain our situation might give us compassion and we can use what 
we understand and allow compassion to flow from that. But to use what we understand in a sharing mechanism of, oh, I know that happened to me once, or, you know, I had that happen, but this is what I did, that isn't helpful. And so the definition then of holding space is simply to be a placeholder for that person to be able to get out of themselves the part of them that they can't bear to keep in any longer. And in the process of doing that, we are holding space. So I hope that's been of some help. I found some interesting reading that I, I want to do more. And so I may visit this topic again, but the very basic concept of holding space is simply being there without judgment, without changing, without wanting something and allow the other person to be able to feel better and possibly do better because of it. Have a great day and I hope this was helpful. As much as I enjoy discussions, I also want to provide a service to people who would like more. If you want to do more than listen, get in touch with me with the links in the description. You can also email me through hello at beyondwishfulthinking.ca. And I'd like to give you content you enjoy, so please leave a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you're watching through my YouTube channel, leave your comments below. If you want more of Beyond Wishful Thinking podcasts, make sure to subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you are listening right now.